Mark chapter number 2. Mark chapter number 2. If you don't have your Bibles this morning, they will put it on the screens for you for your convenience this morning. I have a I have a simple thought this morning that I'm going to try to use for a subject this morning, but in Mark chapter number 2 beginning in verse number 1, let us just dive right in for the sake of time this morning and uh We're going to just see what the Lord has for us today. Familiar story, probably for some of you, uh, but let us read the first five verses together, and then we'll read verse number 11 and verse number 12 also. And it says, and again, he, talking about Jesus, entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was noised that he was in the house. And straightway, or immediately, many were gathered together, insomuch that there was no room to receive them. No, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them, and they came unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was carried by four. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken it up, and they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay, when Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, Thy sins be forgiven thee. Verse number 11, he went on to say, Arise and take up thy bed and go thy way into thy house. And immediately he arose, took up the bed, and went forth from before them. And insomuch that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw it on this fashion. For a few moments today, if the Lord would help us for a subject matter today, we're going to talk to you about uncovering the answer. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you this morning. I thank you for this precious people that's in this room today and those that are joining us by way of technology. Lord, I pray for the next few moments that this vessel would be anointed to speak your word, not my opinion, but Lord, I pray that there would be an anointing for us to hear as well. Lord, I pray that every need that is present in this room would be met by the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. You may be seated, presence of the Lord. Thank you for standing and honoring the word of the Lord this morning. When we look at this passage of scripture, there is much we could talk about today, but I want us to kind of focus in on verse number three and it says and they came unto him bringing one sick of the palsy which was carried afore and then when they could not come nigh because of the crowd it says in verse number four they uncovered the roof where he was and when they had broken it up they let down the bed and brought him into the presence of Jesus now to uncover simply means the following it means to lay bare or to disclose are to reveal. I sincerely believe this morning that we currently are in a season in which there must be an uncovering of the truths of God's word for this generation. Daily, we are losing a generation. Men and women of all ages today are been overran by the daily struggles and the challenges of life. We see families been torn apart, not occasionally, but continually. We see children been neglected and abused in all manners. 
We see addictions of all kinds destroying gifted and talented men and women before they even began to live. We are witnessing young and old alike battle depression and self-worth and the sense of purpose. And many are filled with such anxiety and such insecurity that they have become wrapped in invisible chains of bondage. They put on their smile and they come to the house of God week after week, month after month, and year after year. But yet, there is no joy, there is no peace, there is no desire, there is no passion, and ultimately there is no hope. They find themselves in a vicious cycle believing that this is all there is. I can never get beyond where I am presently. Because oftentimes it seems like they're in a cycle where they take one step forward and two steps back. And the enemy convinces them that this is all there is. Can I tell you why all of this is taking place? Nearly in every city across the United States of America, there is multiple churches where men and women make a confession that Jesus is Lord of their life, but yet there is a generation that has yet to see who he is. So the question must be asked today, how do we truly uncover or reveal the answer to this generation? We must awaken this morning to the responsibility that has been given to you and I who make a public confession that Jesus is Lord of our life. Can I tell you, I'm thankful that he saved me, but he didn't save me just for me to be saved. He didn't save you just to be saved. But you and I today, when we began to wave the banner of the kingdom of God, there is responsibility that comes with that. And I believe that we find the answer today in our text when we began to examine it in a more closer manner. Jesus, we find, was in the city of Capernaum. He had been there before. He had began to move in a manner that others had never known or experienced. And he began to cause a stir where he went. If you was to read a little bit leading up to this, you would find that Jesus himself came to a wedding, and when he came to the wedding, his, they, they ran out of wine, and his mother had looked at him and looked at the others and said, just do what he says. And he says, it's not my time yet, but we know that something began to happen in the life of this man by the name of Jesus. He began to do things that others had never saw done. There began to be a manifestation take place that this was not just a mere man, but there was something unique about him. And we find that when he had returned to Caperna for the second visit, uh, it began to be noise that he was there. And almost immediately we find that a crowd is gathered because of what they had heard. Maybe they had heard the story that water had been turned to wine. Or maybe they had heard the stories of how he had touched others. Uh, but something had created a stir amongst the people. 
people in the city. And because of this, we find that there was four unnamed individuals in this city that was connected to a man that was stricken with palsy. And because of his condition, uh, he was not able to do for himself. And therefore, because it was noise that Jesus was present, they felt an urgency uh, that if we could just get him to where he is, then maybe he can experience a difference. Now today, when you look at this passage, we find that it says, when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, that they uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of palsy lay. We see in this passage of scripture, a display or a key of what it means to bring about a revelation where we can uncover the answer to all that ails men today. We find that when Jesus looks upon what is happening and transpiring, notice he says it was their faith that changed the moment. Now, I may be in a little more teaching mode this morning than preaching, but please stay with me. Right now, we are in a place in our nation where there is a noise that is occurring because of what has happened on some of our college campuses and because of what's happening in designated places around the globe, there is a noise in the earth and there is beginning to be a curiosity uh, of what is this really about? What would make uh, 19 young people stay after a routine chapter service uh, and just begin to pray and then all of a sudden uh, a place that has 6,000 people in it in a manner of 10 days be overran by a hundred thousand. Why is that? Uh, It's because that there began to be a noise uh, that Jesus was present once again. Uh, And can I tell you what needs to understand is uh, we can't stop at the noise. Uh, But when these four unnamed individuals heard that Jesus was present, uh, they began to move uh, by faith. Uh, I can stand here today and tell you uh, without hesitation and without embarrassment. I don't have all the answers. Uh, I don't know everything, uh, but I do know a few things. Uh, But the one thing that I know that is more important than anything else is that Jesus Christ uh, is still Lord. Uh, He is still the one that goes before us. Uh, He is also still the one that walks with us. Uh, And therefore, uh, it is my responsibility today not to give you some deep theological explanation uh, to get you to a place where you say ooh and all uh, but it is my responsibility uh, to tell you uh, that in the midst of a world that is going crazy uh, where it seems like right is wrong and wrong is right uh, when it seems like good is bad and bad is good uh, I can tell you that Jesus Christ is still the answer Now this morning, when we look at this story, we find uh, that there was a display of faith uh, that comes on the horizon. And this, we find, uh, which led to them being uh, moved into the great extremes. Can I tell you, it's quite 
amazing when you look uh, at the context of this story. Uh, Jesus comes to the city. Uh, he comes into a building. Uh, the crowd begins to gather. Uh, but there was some individuals that said, I know that I know uh, that if this man that is stricken with palsy uh, could just get into his presence, uh, that there would be a release that could come to him. So therefore, uh, they go to great extremes and begins to take off the roof. It says they began to uncover. Uh, and as they began to uncover uh, the place where he was, uh, there began to be a portal that is opened uh, and we find that he's lowered down in uh, and we find that the word of the Lord is very clear uh, that he simply says this, when Jesus saw their faith, uh, he then said unto the sick of the palsy, son, thy sins be forgiven thee. You say, why does that have to do with you and I today? Notice with me, it was their faith that caused them to remove the roof which led to the uncovering of Jesus. I wonder this morning, is there that type of faith in this room? You see, one of the questions that I ask is this concerning the latter times in which we find ourselves living is will he find faith upon the earth? Their faith in him caused one, notice this, who was unable to do for himself because of what had attacked his physical body to be able to experience the very nature of God himself. I need to remind us today what the heart of God really is. The heart of God is not necessarily for you and I to set in a flush building. It is not for you and I to have the comforts, and I'm thankful for the comforts, but the heart of God really is found in a passage that most of you probably can quote this morning in John chapter number three, verse number 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth him should not perish, but notice, but that there would be everlasting life. A little bit Further look at this, we find in John chapter 4, verse number 14. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into what? Everlasting life. If you go a little further in John 5, verse number 24, says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my words and believeth on them... On him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. Go a little further, you find in John 6, verse number 40. It says this, and this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. But then you have to go just a little bit further, John 10 and 10. The thief cometh not but to steal, to kill, and destroy. But I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. I share this with us today to remind us it is his desire for the world to come to know his son Jesus so that then in return they can walk and have everlasting life. Now, how can they come to one that they have not yet heard of. Nearly 2,000 years after the resurrection of Christ, we have shouted, 
We have ran the aisles. We have told each other we're all together lovely. We have did all kinds of things. We've had revival after revival. We've had conference after conference. We've went to this camp meeting and that camp meeting. I'm not speaking ill of any of that stuff. But yet today in the year 2023, we have 3.2 billion people on this planet that has yet to hear the name of Jesus. So while we're sitting in here, can I tell you, for much of the world, he's still in a building covered. They have yet to see or hear the answer. Now the question is, how do we change it? It's not a big theological answer. It's a simple answer. By faith. What makes a missionary go to a foreign field? Faith. What makes somebody accept the call of ministry in their life to be an evangelist, a pastor, a teacher? Faith. They begin to radically believe that what they're hearing in their spirit, in their inner man, is nothing more than short than that of the voice of God. And therefore, they begin to respond and act accordingly to it. And because of their faith, notice this, multiple people began to be transformed by the glorious gospel of Jesus. Now, what am I really getting at this morning? May I remind us of the very words of Christ himself when he sent out the 12. If you was to read in Matthew chapter number 10, you would read these words. He says this, I want you to go preach. I want you to go tell them the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Oh, and by the way, I want you to heal the sick. I want you to cleanse the leopards. I want you to raise the dead. Oh, yeah, while you're at it, go ahead and cast out devils. Because freely you have received, now freely give. Now, a lot of us will look and say, well, that's not for me. That's for the preacher, or that's for this one, or that's for that one. But I come to tell you this morning, Paul makes it very clear when he's writing to the church at Corinth in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 1 through number 7. Notice he simply says this in verse 3 of that passage. He said, if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. What am I saying to you and I this morning? He goes on to say, we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. What he was simply saying, there is something inside of us that we must proclaim to a lost and dying world so that they too can experience. Because if we sit silent, we simply find that it is a gospel that is hid. Now, he understood that it wasn't easy. And every one of us can come along and say, well, I would if, or I would if. But Paul says this. He says, I understand that we're troubled on every side, but yet not distressed. He said, I understand that we are perplexed, but we're not in despair. He said, we're persecuted, but we're not forsaken. We're cast down, but yet we're not destroyed. What he was simply saying is this. No matter what comes away in our life, we still are kept by the power of God. Reinhard Bunke made this statement. He said, the unpreached gospel is like having no gospel at all. You and I today are sitting in a world today where there is a appetite. Please hear me. There is an appetite for the things of God, but yet he's still covered. 
And it is your responsibility and my responsibility in this moment of time not to miss the lifetime of the opportunity that's been given to us. Uh, This is not a normal season. This is not a normal time. But listen, there is an appetite for spiritual things right now on this planet that has not been present for some time. But in order for somebody to partake of it, uh, there has to be an uncovering of the answer. Uh, What am I really saying this morning? Uh, May I dare ask the question uh, this morning to you and I that are faithful to the house of God week after week and month after month. Uh, where is the heart for the lost? Uh, where is the passion for the lost? Uh, what is driving us this week uh, to take the message to a lost and dying world? Uh, are we go so caught up in the cycle of religiosity uh, that we've come this morning to the house of God uh, and we've sung our songs and we'll hear our message uh, and we did our reasonable service for another week? No, my friend. Uh, If that is what we're doing, uh, we will continue to bury a generation lost without God. But I come to tell you this morning uh, that there has to be somebody once again uh, begin to move uh, the unction of the Holy Spirit uh, and by faith say this, uh, I understand in the natural it looks like I can't get to where he is, uh, but I've got to go to great extremes. uh, And can I tell you, uh, there's a generation that does not have the ability to do it by themselves because they are so stricken uh, mentally, emotionally, physically, Uh, There's things that has entrapped them. Uh, There is invisible chains of bondage upon a generation uh, that God has destined great things for. uh, But the enemy has encircled them. Uh, But I come to tell somebody this morning, uh, I'm not necessarily preaching to the sinner today, uh, but I'm preaching to the church. uh, And I'm telling the church it's time to activate your faith uh, and begin to realize uh, that you have the power and the ability uh, to take a generation into the presence of God uh, but you got to be willing to do whatever it takes to get there where is the anguish when we see our children and our children's children being overran by the demonic power of hell Uh, why is it that we're waiting on somebody else to come along uh, and to uncover the answer for this generation Uh, do you not know uh, that the man that's living inside of you uh, named Jesus Christ uh, is the ultimate answer uh, and you have the ability to share him with those that you meet The answer today is still Jesus. Do we not believe this anymore? Have we bought into the lies that, well, he's a good guy, but yet he's just not enough? Can I tell you this morning, this world don't need another trick. It doesn't need another gimmick. It needs an answer. And that answer is Jesus. But somebody has got to be bold enough and passionate enough to once again begin to uncover the answer for a generation. It was the faith of four unnamed individuals that caused a man to be completely set free. Because their faith in Christ caused them to remove the barrier that others had built that was separating them. 
Please hear me today. Folks, we must begin to remove the man-made obstacles and place a generation at the feet of Jesus. You say, why is that so important? Can I tell you this morning that his word is still this? Come unto me, all ye that are labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. There's men and women under the sound of my voice this morning. You need rest. You're not going to find it anywhere except for at the feet of Jesus. No matter what it cost us, you and I, the church of Jesus Christ, is going to have to begin to tear the roof off this thing and begin to take a generation and bring, him into, bring them into his presence. You say, but preacher, I have this and this and this and this. Listen, I'm not making light of those things, but I do want to ask you a question. What is the value of one soul been delivered and set free? What is the value? You can't put a price on it this morning. But please hear me. Let's share the word of the Lord to a lost and dying world and let's watch God do some amazing things. You see, in Mark chapter number 2, there began to be a noise that Jesus was present. Right now there's a noise in the earth that Jesus is doing something. Secular news is even having to carry worship services, trying to come to an intellectual understanding of what is this thing that's transpiring. Please hear me. Jesus is still the answer. I seen two weeks ago there was a minister up preaching as he was preaching, there was five young men that walked into his church. They had guns in their waistband. They was there probably for the wrong reason. But in the midst of what's going on, he continues to minister. And he boldly, please hear me, he boldly began to approach them, not in malice and hatred, but in a loving manner. And what would have been a disaster was silence because he began to uncover Jesus in their presence. Now notice, you and I have the ability to be agents of change. But do we have the appetite to be that? I, I have to caution us this morning, and I know... You're not shouting me down this morning, but that's all right, because hear me today, I need to remind you that you are an ambassador for the kingdom. An ambassador does not carry his own message, but he carries the message of another. Please don't be offended by what I'm getting ready to say. It's not about your preference. It's not about your opinion. It's not about what you think it should be, but it's about what does God's word say it should be. Listen, if you're speaking and spewing your opinion, you need to just be quiet. Because your opinion, my opinion, isn't going to save anybody. But if we uncover Jesus and let Jesus be what he wants to be, then we'll see a generation delivered and set free. Paul tells the church at Corinth, he says, Now then we are ambassadors for Christ. 
as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead that you be reconciled to God. Notice Paul was simply saying, listen, our ultimate goal is that you'd find Jesus. Nothing more, nothing less. But he tells the church at Ephesus after in the great chapter number six where we're instructed to put on the whole armor of God and that we'll be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. When you read all of that, you go on a little further in verse 18 through 20. You find he simply says this, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for the saints. And he says, oh, and by the way, he said, pray for me that utterance may be given unto me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I'm an ambassador in bonds that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Uh, ought to speak. Can I tell you today, our purpose has not changed. As much as I love a good service, as much as I love to be in the presence of God, can I tell you, and this may sound really uh, uh, strange for some, but listen, I'm not looking for a good service. I'm not looking for another emotional high. I've been exposed to those things all of my life, and I'm not going to speak ill of it, and I honor my heritage. And I'm thankful for what I experienced as a child. But I'm going to tell you something. If that is the pinnacle, then we would not have 3.2 million that's unreached. But the ideal that we have bought into in the American church that, oh, it'll happen when God wants it to happen. No, it's going to require somebody to get up and pick up those that can't pick up themselves and carry them to the place that God is. Our commission has not changed. Matthew 28, verse 19 and 20. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Notice with me. If we're not careful, we'll simply say that we'll do that later. Because right now, this is important, and this is important, and I have to do this, and I'm obligated to that. And listen, I understand personal obligations, but I'm going to tell you something. Matthew 6.33 has not changed for the believer. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Notice the words of Christ in John chapter 4, verse number 35 is this. Say not ye that there are yet four months, and then cometh the harvest. But behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. Do you realize today there's a harvest of people all around you in this Whitewater Valley that has yet to hear the name of Jesus? You say, how is that possible considering there's a church on nearly every corner? Is because we have yet to uncover him. We just assume that everybody knows. But here, here's the challenge for you and I this morning. Solomon writes in Proverbs chapter 10, verse number 5, it says, He that gathereth in the summer is a wise son, but he that sleepeth in the harvest is a son that causes shame. I want to ask the question today, how pleased is he with us? When was the last time that we got three other people in the spiritual realm and picked up somebody that was stricken and took them and laid them at the feet of Jesus? Do you realize today that your faith has the ability 
to bring freedom to a generation. You and I today have the power and the anointing of God in our lives if we are men and women that's been born again where we can take dominion and authority. We don't have to accept everything that comes our way. But when we build up a wall of resistance and simply say that that is not welcome here, we can walk in victory and power and dominion, and therefore then faith comes. That's why Paul told Timothy, one of the last things that Paul said to Timothy, he said, Timothy, I'm leaving. But I need you to understand, there's going to be times that it's going to be challenging. You're going to face some difficulties. Uh, but here's what I need you to understand, Timothy. You can reach down and stir up the gift that's inside of you. Uh, and you can be a man that walks with power and authority. Can I tell somebody this morning, uh, just because what you see in front of you right now looks dark and dooming and gloom uh, does not mean that's how it has to end. Uh, listen, all I'm doing this morning is trying to do some practical teaching uh, and all I'm doing this morning in the spiritual realm is trying to carry you uh, I'm trying to take the cover off and tell you this this morning uh, that there's a man by the name of Jesus uh, and he's no longer lying in a manger uh, he's no longer in Pilate's hall uh, he's no longer hanging on a cross uh, he's no longer lying in a tomb uh, but he is sitting on the right hand of the father making intercessions for you and I uh, and when he went uh, the Spirit of God came and the Holy Spirit of God is in this room right now and he has the ability to bring salvation to you, healing to you, deliverance to you. He can make a way when there seems to be no way. He can restore that which is broken. He can bring hope to the hopeless. He can make a miracle happen in a moment of time but somebody's got to get you into his presence. So today I don't have a big message but I'm telling you this morning, uh, I'm going to take the roof off and tell you, uh, you don't need a preacher, uh, you don't need a singer, uh, you don't need a revival service, uh, all you need is Jesus. Uh, and right where you are this morning, uh, you don't have to understand everything, uh, you just have to be open to the fact uh, that Jesus Christ is Lord. Uh, he came, uh, he died, uh, he rose again, uh, and because he lives, uh, this morning you can live in victory so don't believe the lie of the enemy that says it's over uh, I just brave enough to tell you it's not over unless you want it to be over uh, because can I tell you there's a man that is still able to do exceedingly and abundantly what you could ever ask or think and it is his good pleasure to move on your behalf it's still Jesus Oh, but I want something deep and theological. Why? You just need to take Jesus. Uh, can I tell you, he will lead you. Uh, he will guide you. Uh, he will direct you. Uh, and his Holy Spirit will empower you and equip you. Uh, listen, uh, I don't need somebody to tickle my ears, uh, but I need somebody to take the roof off uh, and let me get in his presence uh, because in his presence uh, is a fullness of joy. In his presence, there's miracle working power. In his presence. You say, what do you mean, preacher? Notice with me. When you're in the presence of him, blind people began to see Deaf people began to hear. Lame men began to walk. Uh, can I tell you? Uh, things begin to turn around when you're in his presence. This world needs to be in his presence. 
But here's the question. What are we doing to take this world into his presence? You and I have a responsibility this morning. As they come to the music this morning, I'm done. Some of you are going to fall out of your seat right now. I'm done. See, miracles still happen. Didn't preach that long today. But sometimes I think we preach maybe a little too long because the simple fact what people really need is just Jesus. I'm in, a, I'm in a place right now. And you're in a place right now where there's a lot going on. I stand here before you today with the weight I'll, I'll celebrate and I want to have good services and I want revival meetings and oh, we're excited about camp meeting and we're excited about this conference and that conference. I'm excited about all those things. Yes, yes, yes. But when I see the hopelessness, when I see the bondage, When I see men and women that are gifted and talented and have so much to offer and their lives is in shambles, I just can't ignore it. It takes me and puts me on my knees in such a manner where I simply have to say this, Lord, there has to be more. There has to be more. And maybe today you're under the sound of my voice and you feel like your life is just upside down. And you don't want it to be that way, but it just feels that way. And it seems like everything is just going against you. Can I just uncover Jesus for you this morning? And tell you this this morning that... He really does love you. He loves you so much that he laid himself down on an old rugged cross. And he willingly laid there. It's hard for us to get our mind wrapped around it, but he willingly laid there and let nails be driven into his hands and to his feet. He willingly stood in Pilate's hall and let them spit on him and pluck his beard and beat his back. Why would a man do such things? It's because he looked beyond the cross and he saw you and he saw me. And he says, if I'll just do the will of my father... Those that have no hope, have no peace, no joy. He said, if I can just go through this stretch right here, there's a veil getting ready to rent, and they're going to be able to walk into my presence. And they'll be able to be healed, delivered, and set free. In this room this morning, some of you, 
while the people around you can't see it. There's just invisible chains on your life. The enemy's told you, oh, it's, it's just the way you are. You've got to always, you'll never get beyond. But I come to tell you, Jesus can break every chain, break every lie. Because our word, the, the word of the Lord says this, he that the Son sets free is free indeed. You don't have to be on this vicious cycle today. But you can get off the enemy's merry-go-round today and you can stand in complete freedom before you leave this house. Because you're loved. And he says, if you'll call out to me, I'm faithful to answer. Men of God, women of God. Here's what I need you to do in this very moment of time. We physically may not be picking up a man or a woman that's bound with palsy today and put him on our shoulders and carrying him to Jesus. But right now, for the men and women of God in this room, I want you to begin to pray as we stand all over this house. And I want you to activate your faith this morning and I want you to simply help me. For those that's watching by way of technology this morning and maybe you're even in this building. You could simply say this, I can relate to the man lying on the cot in your story because it seems like I just can't do anything for myself. I've tried and I've failed, I've tried and I've failed, but I just can't seem to get beyond where I am. There's people in this room today that if you'll you'll allow us, we're just going to carry you in prayer right now. And I'm not trying to carry you to a place of religion. I'm not trying to take you to a place of men's traditions or ideals, but I'm just trying to take you to the place where the ground is level for everybody, and that is at the foot of the cross. I tell you this morning, I'll be very, I'll just be transparent with you this morning. Is that all right? You say, but does he really love me, preacher? I tell you how much he loves us. Just like in your life, in my life, there's times things get heavy. Our responsibilities and the things that we're responsible for. Sometimes you just get to that place of exhaustion because you feel like you've gave and you've gave and you gave. Today I was physically, this morning, I'm just physically and spiritually just exhausted. Because I've been in one of those seasons for months. 
where I've just gave and I've gave and I've gave. And sometimes you just don't know if you have much more to give. And I said, Lord, I just, Lord, we want to be pleasing. Lord, I want to just give them Jesus. I just want to give them you. And I know he loves us. But this morning, just tell your house how much he loves you. Because he loves me no more than he loves you. But he knows what we need when we need it. And when you just don't know sometimes, this morning sitting in my office, my phone rung. Someone that never calls me. And for about 20 minutes, just just called and just talked. You know what it was? It was simply the Lord using somebody to just uncover him for me before I come out and tried to uncover him for you because he was just simply telling me, son, I know right where you are and it's going to be all right. So that way I can stand here before you today and tell you that he loves you. But to the church, it's our responsibility to reach a lost and dying world. And here's the thing. Right now, the harvest field is all around us. And we have to gently, so carefully, take a harvest and bring it and put it in the presence of God and let Him do what only He can do. It's not about personal preference today, church, but it's about reaching a lost and dying world. Right now, every head bowed, no one looking around. I believe there's multiple things that the Spirit of God would want to do this morning. Number one, He's wanting to challenge the heart of the church to begin to operate at a deeper level of faith and begin to share your faith with those that's in your circle of influence. So I'm giving you a commission today for the men of God and women of God to become bold to share the gospel of Jesus Christ in this season because don't believe the lie of the enemy this world wants to hear. They want an answer. But at the same time, I believe there's those in this room today you're searching, you're open, and you're desiring God to do something in your life. You're not happy with things how they are. For some of you, it's even been hard for you to breathe because you've believed the lie of the enemy. The enemy's told you you're dying. The enemy's told you it's over. You're not going to make it. And I come to tell you because Jesus lives, you're going to live.
And he says, I have wonderful things for you. Just come and I'll give you rest today. There's people in this room that needs rest. There are those in this room today, I believe, that have yet to surrender their life to the Lord. Can I tell you, it's the greatest decision you'll ever make. He loves you. He loves you so much that he died for you. And he'd simply say this, if you'll come unto me, I'll give you rest. I'll give you peace. I'll give you joy. I can take that which is broken and I can mend it and make it better than it's ever been if you'll trust me. Pastor Jade here, I just want to thank you for watching the service with us today and being a part of it. We ask that you stay in touch with us, follow us on all of our social media platforms, and we'll see you again soon. We love you, so does God.